All right. So you've had some time to think about it. You've had some time to talk to the missus. Will you say yes to this car? And you said it, this is the color it comes in. This is one of the colors it comes in. I can get you a different one if you want, but uh, this is what I have on the lot right now. Okay. And you said you had another guy looking at it already. I do. I have a, I have a couple guys looking at it already. And, uh, a couple. Oh, God. Yeah, I have, I have a couple guys looking at it already. Uh, I'm just telling you, it could just fit so much stuff in it. Yeah? It just fits, yeah, the, the space in this thing. What about the engine? Engine is a real good engine. Goes real fast. Gets real loud. Oh, and the wheels? Wheels go round and round. Oh, okay. I'm not. I'm not trying to pressure you, because you know, I know people don't like to feel pressured. But why don't you get behind the wheel, see you feel, envision yourself behind it. I, I'm seeing this for you. Yeah, let me sit in it. Can I get you a water? Or- oh, you're in the car with me. Oh shoot, I didn't even see you get in. Yeah, yeah. I'm focused in. I'm sorry. If you want, I can get out and get you like a coffee or a water. Or- yeah, I mean, do you mind? No, I. I so I, I'll, I'll let you mull it over. Imagine yourself with all the wheels going Oof. and the the space for your stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go get you a coffee. All right, I'll be right back. Do you take anything in it or? Huh? Do you, Do you want anything in your coffee? No, 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 no. This is this is fine. Okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm gonna go run and do that. I'll be back in like five minutes. Hello. I know I, I'm new to you, but I feel like I've known you my whole life. Speak to me. You have very fine interior. Hey, bud. I don't oh, to, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Should I oh. oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you're thinking about it a lot right now, but uh, we are running a promo right now where you do get this uh, secret mystery envelope as well. A secret mystery envelope? Yeah. So if you, if, you, if you buy the car today, you get the secret mystery envelope. I don't even know what's in this thing. So it could be anything. Could, uh, yeah, it could be know, it could be keys to a new car. Right. So I'll 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 leave the envelope with you and I'll just trust you not to open it and I'll go get your coffee. All right, I'll be right back. I know you said he trusted me, but you'll keep this secret, won't you? I can trust you. It's a QR code. Okay. Hold on a second. Let me get my phone. It's a link to a podcast. Should we listen to it? Let's see what your Bluetooth can do. Hello, and welcome to Six Degrees of Celebration. And I'm here with an amazing man, the bearded glory, the heart of the heartlands, aka Boston, or or just the Northeast. <laughs> Matt Ramsden. Thank you. I'm here with a man who I trusted not to open the goddamn envelope <laughs> and decided to open the envelope. It feels like that was in a past life. <laughs> I'm here with Mr. Alan Parker. Hello. And we're here on a Monday starting your week off right with your two best friends. Why does it become like a shock jock radio hour? I like, just love doing that. How's your week been? My week's been awesome this week. It's been very, very busy, but it's been awesome. I always think busy is always good. Maybe it's just me, but I always like having a lot to do or like, all right, I gotta do this and this and this and this. It gives me something to look forward to for the next thing. What I've realized is because I'm starting to be more open to feeling happy, I'm also a little bit more open to feeling sad just because like when you open that door, things come and go. Last night it was weird. I was like getting ready for bed and I was like, man, I feel sad right now. 
I don't have a source. I just feel sad. Yeah, I was talking to someone about one of my favorite jokes from Dear Hank and John about answering the phone as a different person. Like if you ever like cold called for someone, they basically got a letter from one of their listeners saying, hi, I make calls from my university. If I get someone whose name is my name, it feels weird to say like, hi, Rachel, this is Rachel. <laughs> should I change my name? Should I like, what should I just not say my name? Basically their response was, you should change your name, but only with other Rachels, not with like anyone else. Yeah. Because you'll get addicted to the power. <laughs> and they said, you know, well, for example, you say, you know, hi, Rachel, this is Bette Midler calling from Florida State University. It just got increasingly more and more absurd. My favorite one is still like, hi, Rachel, you know that feeling you get when you're driving late at night? This kind of sense of melancholy, but not overall unpleasant. That's me. I'm calling you from Florida State <laughs> University. I'm an econ major. I'm here to answer any questions you may have. I never got any calls like that from colleges. I had to make those calls. I worked for admissions for a time and it was fun. I mean, it was fine. I do distinctly remember calling, having a woman pick up. I explained who I was and she like put her hand over the speaker <laughs> and I could hear her say like, hey, it's Fitchburg State. <laughs> and I just heard, hang up. <laughs> and then click. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they traced the call <laughs> this is all these like reel-to-reel speakers and like in a van somewhere like they got us burn it it's from inside the house <laughs> hi this is alan from fitchford state i'm calling from the other room oh oh that got creepy oh wow i'm inside your closet <laughs> this is me calling from inside your closet <laughs> you know going to college was a hard decision and where to go to college was a hard decision but you know what was the hardest decision of my entire life and continues to be going forward what well, let me tell you about it it's a universal uncertainty. Once you've got it, the easy part is over. Now you have to make a decision, the decision. Once it's done, it can never be undone. They say you can remove them, but it's incredibly labor intensive. And some people say that if you aren't completely sure you want it, then you shouldn't get it in the first place. Others say that even if you don't like it in the future, it'll always represent who you were at that time in your life. I'm of course talking about marriage. No, stickers. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to guess tattoos. Because <laughs> when you said it's a universal decision, like once it's done, you can't undo it. And I'm like, so you're like marriage. Well, because once you propose and they say, yes, you're never not proposed. Like, hi, just so you know, I had a fiance. It didn't work out. And like you forever have to like say that. Oh, that's just how my mind works. I don't know. Well, because I was like, Matt's never heard of divorce. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, it's labor intensive. I'm like, divorce is labor intensive. Have you ever gotten a sticker and like known where you want to put it? Um, yeah. Really? So I had a steamer trunk in college that was just covered in stickers. And so whenever I got a sticker for whenever, when I had that steamer trunk, it was like, it's going on the trunk. I feel like that's kind of a cop out. I feel like the only <laughs> time people are like, oh, I know where these stickers are going. It's like with the 50 other stickers you've slammed on like the back of your minivan, you bring the motocross or something. <laughs> or like <laughs> the back of your laptop. Yeah, right. Or on like your skateboard or on your guitar case. There's a couple universal locations. Like these are these are where stickers go. Except you, when you're a kid, then it's like your face, your friend's face. <laughs> the world is my sticker. Yeah. <laughs> I have a bunch of stickers that I've gotten from different places mm -hmm. and I really like them and I want to see them all the time, 
but I have no idea where I'm supposed to put them. Okay. As soon as I put a sticker down, all I can think about is the fact that I'm not going to want it there eventually. I'm going to have to like peel it up and it's a, it's an irreversible decision. There's always going to be that sticky residue on that spot going forward forever. Okay. I, I, I do have a soapbox to get on. Okay. <laughs> it's going to stand up on my chair. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put stickers on books. He's saying all the right things. Oh my God. Are your ears bleeding yet? Depending on where you buy your books, there's the like 15% off because you're a Target member or like there's a discount price or like, or God forbid the like now a mo- like a motion picture sticker. And I have a copy of a book that I had to peel the sticker off and the sticker came off, but it was still had the like the residue. And so I'm trying to get the residue off and I'm trying to like scratch it off delicately, but there's now forever indent on the cover and thusly kind of more on the pages because I had to scratch the residue off. So stop putting stickers on books. Yeah, Oprah. <laughs> I don't care about your <laughs> damn book club. <laughs> All right, don't put stickers on books. Don't put stickers on other people's property. But if you got stickers and you like stickers, you should be able to put them somewhere. Yeah. And you shouldn't feel self-conscious about where you're putting your stickers. Yes. So I want to work out with you the solution <laughs> so that this can become a positive. I have stickers. I want to put them somewhere. Okay. I have like a tablet I do my drawing on. Mm-hmm. And there's like a three to four inch gap on either side where the screen isn't. And so that's like a blank face that I could put stickers on. But then I get into this weird mindset of this tablet cost me like $2,000. And and that's the like argument for certain things. Like you don't put bumper stickers on a Ferrari. Yeah. But I'm also like, it's your Ferrari. You can do what you want with it. That's fair. I would argue that maybe putting stickers on a tablet would be good because, I mean, someone drew the stickers or like designed the stickers. It's a nice little like, okay, well, this is a sticker space. This is a, you know, creative fun space. I will say it is easier and easier to get stickers off depending on the quality of the sticker. Like if it's paper, I'm hesitant, but there are some that have like a, like a thicker, almost cardstock quality. Oh, that's true. That like come off nicely. A lot of the ones I have are from like PAX East. Yeah. And they're like quality stickers. Yeah. So they might come off a bit easier. Hmm. Something to think about. Yeah. So as you guys go through your days and you're thinking, ah, man, I'm not going to take this cool sticker, even though it sparks joy. Like I don't (laughs) have any place to put it. Oh, listen to Matt. Stick it on the front windshield of your Ferrari. Drive (laughs) away happy knowing that you're proudly displaying your SpongeBob fetish to the world. Exactly. I have a technically a sticker uh, for Deathly Hallows on the back of my car. Oh, yeah, you do. Um, And and that's, you know, a nice little like, hi, you know, yes, I do like Harry Potter. It's like a little show of my personality on top of my like parking sticker and like all of that. (laughs) But like, I think stickers and I think having stuff like that are just like nice little indicators of your space. And you can't always put them on stuff like a tablet or, you know, around your workspace. I say go for it. Problem solved! (laughs) (laughs) Who says we don't make a difference? Making a difference to myself every day. (laughs) There we go. That's all that matters. Isn't that motivational? I like that. I like that. Speaking of... I'm trying to think of a segue. I just, I got a complete 
Yeah. Our segues are always speaking of. <laughs> yeah, because well, it's a good segue. Speaking of segues, I kind of have started on a journey of trying new things in a general sense. I'm trying to open myself up to things that I've said, oh, I don't like that. Like the crystal? Like the crystal. Yeah. For a while, I've not liked certain things. I had no real reason why. It's not like a vehement, like, oh, I can't, I don't do this. It's just like a, eh. so like one thing I've started to do more is I've decided I've gotten more into red wine because for a while I wasn't <laughs> into red wine. Um, and so I was like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to find a, a red that I actually really enjoy. Okay. I see where you're going with it. But in my mind, for some reason, it came across very much like, you know, I'm trying to try new things, you know, experience <laughs> new things. And it's like, wow, that's a really positive thing you're doing. Like, yeah. So like, I, I'm like dipping my toe into crack cocaine a little bit. I'm going <laughs> to see how it goes. Find a crack that I really like. Find a crack that vibes with my aesthetic. <laughs> it's and... just like, you're like, I'm getting really into alcohol. Just like trying all the wine. <laughs> I just got like really into like distilling corn liquor in my sink. I'm super into just like the slight tasting of human flesh <laughs> just like dipping the literal toe in honey mustard i just i don't <laughs> understand why we're so like against that i mean it's just a thing it's another it's a thing yeah it's just another meat it's just a, right exactly uh yeah um <laughs> no I'm, I'm trying to get more into red wine because for the longest time i had just drank white or like rosé I don't know. I just like it. So, but I have no reason to dislike that. And I feel like that's, that's a whole other side of wine that I'm like, I should open myself up to that. And same thing with chocolate. Like I'm trying to get more into like dark chocolate. I'm trying to really get into chocolate right now. I'm getting in that <laughs> chocolate game. Yeah, exactly. Well, for a while I did not, I was not the biggest fan of dark chocolate. It was, it's because it's bitter. I was like, I, um, I don't, I don't know. But now I'm like, okay, no, I can come around to this. And I think it just opens up to just trying new things. Um, so like the red wine, like chocolate, like, um, you know, doing yoga more regularly, taking time at the end of the day to actually come down from the day and not just like, all right, time for bed and lying in bed and staring at my ceiling until I go to sleep. Would you like to talk about trying new things or specifically red wine? <laughs> I think just trying new things. The red wine started it. Like I should do this. I think it just has sprouted into trying new things and how that's a like kind of an invigorating thing. Yeah. You know, when you're a kid and for whatever reason, you're like, I don't like this. And then you try and like, okay, I actually do like this. There's really no reason for me to dislike this. I'm just being stubborn. That's cool. I like how trying new things really does push those boundaries. I love the idea of getting into a new thing with your whole being. Like I'll find a video game and I will like dive in 16 mm -hmm. hours straight playing it. Back when I was learning guitar or learning piano or learning karate, like you just would go religiously. Yeah. You just like progress. That is super fun. Maybe I'll join you. Maybe I'll just like dive fully in and like religiously have a glass of wine every <laughs> single night. Every hour <laughs> on the hour. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm changing myself for the better. <laughs> After this, I'm doing <laughs> yoga. <laughs> just like red wine in a squirt bottle. 
a Gatorade. I'm training that invigoration of just of opening yourself up and kind of discovering the other part of you. That like, I didn't know this was here, that I did like this. You always hear that with certain like, oh, you have to develop a taste for it. Okay, well, how do we develop a taste for it? We have to actually do it. That's the essence of when you look at a teenager and you say, you don't know anything. Yeah. Because <laughs> teenagers think they have like their whole personality figured out. They know what they like. They don't know what they don't like. They know mm -hmm. who they love. And all these old people are telling them like, you don't know anything. But to them, it's so vivid in their minds. They haven't had enough time to experience everything to kind of narrow down who they are as a person. And even now, you and I are still doing that narrowing. Oh, yeah. 100% of just like, okay, I'm 28. I will be 29 in August and I'm still just like I did not know that was a thing I liked or like I did not know that was a an aspect of my personality and it's always changing it's always in flux what are we doing for your 30th birthday I have no clue I'm gonna go hide in a hole <laughs> we either have to go way too hard or way too soft <laughs> <laughs> so we either need to like crash a plane or like <laughs> sewing circle <laughs> yeah basically i was thinking like boys night out wreck a bar break things don't know how we got home or we all get together and we read silently in the same room <laughs> <laughs> and just silently share passage just like hi excuse me everyone uh, i just wanted to share this quote real quick if i could thank you I, I, I like the idea more of everyone sitting there and then one person's like <laughs> <laughs> the person next to them goes is it a good one he's like yeah and then it just keeps going <laughs> that's so funny oh my god why is that so funny to me <laughs> just <laughs> or we like kill a guy yeah. hide the body and spent the next like four years dealing with the guilt. Right, until eventually one of us decides to kill all the others. To exactly, keep it exactly, exactly. Or we all go and sit down with Matt's grandma and she tells us stories of when he was a kid. Oh my God. She's like, wow, he used to come down. I used to make strawberry shortcake. And it was just like, <laughs> oh my God. This is delightful, Lemon. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Rita. Boy, you people. <laughs> We're like all crammed on a two-person couch. Right. Like eight, eight men with it's the like, little cups of lemonade. With the with the red and white swirly straw. Can't, yeah, just <laughs> I got a seed. Yeah, for my 30th, I guess we'll have to try something new. Uh oh, hey! Speaking of speaking of <laughs> speaking of speaking of speaking of speaking of yeah. speaking of speaking of Yeah. And then Speaking of, <laughs> and then I can't, I literally can't say anything else. Excuse me. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but excuse me. <laughs> uh, in a previous episode, you both claimed that Gandalf's reincarnation in the Lord of the Rings turned him white because, quote unquote, he is more powerful. If you play the clip, used to be Gandalf the Grey, but when he got reincarnated, he's all of a sudden a white wizard, which means he's, I guess, more powerful. Yeah. See, that is incorrect. The truly, if you read Tolkien's work, then you'd clearly see that the color of Gandalf's robe is due to the fact that Saruman, the white, has been corrupted, and Gandalf has been sent back by the Valar to both protect Middle-earth from Sauron and replace Saruman. Gandalf even states, and I quote, yes, I am white now. Indeed, I am Saruman. One might also say Saruman as he should have been. God, do your research, you wanna be nurse. 
Did you get that like in an email or like? Uh, no, he just walked in here. Oh wow! I didn't even see. I didn't even see. I didn't even see him. Wow. Yeah. Well, I literally turned to look at you to explain that, and now he's gone. I actually already knew that though. I did. So this is new information to me. Well, I read an article lately that dove into Gandalf's origins and explained a lot of that lore he just went over. Oh, okay. So it did like the lore behind him and the other wizards in Middle-earth. And it was something I didn't seek out. But as soon as I saw it, I knew I had to read it because I was curious. And it just led you into a deep dive of like... Yeah. I love the mentality of being curious. I use curiosity as a way to fight my boredom. So what I'll do is if I get curious about anything... I just instantly pursue it. It's the mixture of your thing of learning something new mixed with just like a natural curiosity. And I like it when it applies to people as well. If you've ever seen somebody and just like wondered something about them, sometimes that comes from judging them too. You look at them and it's like, man, they look like they've probably never played a sport before. I wonder if they've played a sport. Hey, Joe, have you ever played a sport? Right. Like, no. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> now your curiosity <laughs> has been sated. I, I don't know. Curiosity right. feels exciting to me. I like it. Yeah, I think it's 100% a thing. And then if that curiosity falls into a realm of your interest, it doubles the impact. So like you're already interested in fantasy and interested in kind of world building. Going back to your Gandalf example, you know, having that lore enriches that world for you more and then kind of makes you want to learn more about it. So it kind of spreads out versus, you know, asking Joe, have you played a sport? He says, you know, says whatever. That's good too. So I feel like curiosity kind of works in that double way where it's just like really, really simple, stupid, you know, little things or like, no, I need to understand like who are the other withers in Middle Earth? The other withers. Yes. <laughs> I got the list. <laughs> I know it's contagious. I get curious about the weird parts of people, you know, because those are the parts you don't normally get to hear about. So I want to know. You told me you moved to the US by yourself when you were 18. Tell me more about that. Like... Yeah. But like, I want to know the specifics of like, how did those first few nights go? Oh, okay. I'm like really curious. Yeah. I want to like push into the depths of who they are and like really get into their mind. Yeah. And I, I think that's the thing. It's like learning about, learning about other experiences that are so vastly different from your own. I had watched someone talk about this idea of the migration of dreams, which is this kind of cultural studies idea of other countries watching content or watching culture, cultural things from other countries. The big thing is American sitcoms. There's a lot of stories of immigrants or people in other countries learning English by watching like King of Queens. <laughs> Or learning American mannerisms through sitcoms or TV shows. So like somebody not from America comes over and they're like, ah, come on. <laughs> right, exactly. They, they like, oh, they do this in TV. The point that was made was that it's an experience to like see how this, this other part of the world lives. And like, if I'm going to America or whatever else or going to another part of the world, what do I do? That's kind of a really curious thing. And that's a thing I'm like, okay, tell me more about like, I'm interested. Yeah. The vibe I'm talking about, if anybody's ever experienced this, it's when you're very, insert word here, you're very high, you're very drunk, you're very tired, you're very exhausted, whatever. Yeah. And you're hanging out with a, another person, both sitting in like complete worn outness. Yeah. And you just start talking about your lives. 
Mm. Somebody tells you the story of like, hey, I only ever cried because I was happy one time. It felt like this. And you're sitting there like eating it up. That really, really intense conversation. I always think of that as the sleepover conversation. Just those like strangely intense nights where you just like had a very, very soul berry conversation. And it always starts with you guys had way too much soda. And all of a sudden your parents come down and they're like, lights off. And you're like still up. Yeah. And you're all wired in your sleeping bags. Like, hey, you still awake? Yeah. Yes, very much that conversation. You think frogs dream? <laughs> someone I, I was dating once, then like, what are you looking for? I'm like, I'm looking for someone who I can have the, the 5 a.m. sleepover conversation with. Yeah. Like that level of comfort, that level of like soul bear. Okay, no, I get that. That's kind of been my marker for a lot of relationships and friendships. And it's a good thing. Because I mean, when you're actually physically curious about, well, not physically, not when you're actually curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Physically curious. Uh, when you're actually curious about somebody and you ask them a question about themselves, it's very exciting for them. I mean, that's what everything that you read about how to be more sociable, how to be more charismatic, showing an interest in somebody else is the great way to make them feel connected with you. Yeah. It can sometimes be rough if you ask a really personal question of somebody who's very private that suddenly has the opposite reaction. But a lot of the times I'm coming out net positive with this. <laughs> yeah, I and I think it's just most people like to talk about themselves. So once you actually like hearing things about people, you pretty much got it set for being charismatic and being sociable. Anyways, be more curious out there, everybody. Have have fun in finding out. Ooh, that's a good tagline. Thank you. Have fun in finding out. Recently, I've been finding out about a couple new areas of interest. Uh, and one of the weirder ones that I've fallen into is through a woman named Caitlin Doty. This is going to sound really morbid. She's a mortician? She actually is. You're kidding. She's a mortician. Whoa. That's put that on the scoreboard. Whoever edits these things, put a little bell. Ring a bell right here. Ooh, this is me. One on the scoreboard. Sorry, go ahead. It's fine. She's a mortician in California, and she has a YouTube channel. She has a couple books out just talking about her experience as a mortician. These questions about death and about dying that most Americans and most people in the Western world are afraid to ask because we have a very, very weird relationship with death. Basically, what she's trying to do is get people more comfortable with the idea of dying and that it's okay and that it's fine and it could be really really beautiful process and it can be really good in a way you hear that everyone it sounds weird to say but it's just like dying can be good it, it it's a very weird do you mean dying or do you mean death death Okay. She she refers to herself as death positive. Okay. I feel like I can get on board with that. I don't know if I can get on board with dying positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, I mean, one day you will die, but it mm -hmm. does not mean that like it needs to be a bad thing. Like death can be good and death can be a really, really healing thing and be really beautiful. You sound like a grim reaper giving a school assembly. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And you children, don't be afraid. Death will come come for us all and it's a good thing <laughs> it's like cool who is he again <laughs> it's like no let me tell you of the time i got plastered on cocaine and why it's a bad idea <laughs> oh my god he was a two for one <laughs> <laughs> that weird school assembly that you had like why are we here it's <laughs> a.m but no but her whole thing is that she she's trying to promote death positive um and one of the things that i've learned through her is about green death Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Oh my God. So this idea that like your death can be part of the natural cycle of things. 
Okay. Instead of sticking you in a box and putting you down in the ground, one thing you can do is like aquamation, which is very similar to cremation, but with water. I don't think that works like that. It does though. So basically aquamation is this combination of a solution of water and something else. I forget the name of the thing, but basically what it does is... Not, not acid. <laughs> okay. Similar to cremation, it just gets rid of your body. Sounds a lot like acid. It's it's a bit like <laughs> acid. It's a bit more gentle. A lot of people can aquamate their pets. Now, when you cremate something, you get the ashes in an urn. Yes. Do you get like a fish tank when you aquamate somebody or something? So it, it leaves behind inorganic material. Inorganic? Right. So like if you had a filling or like a like a like a metal tooth or a hip replacement, it would just take everything else so somebody comes over and you show them your fish tank with a metal rod in it and you're like this is grandma's hip so that i'm not sure like you can ask for it back you can ask for the hip back <laughs> another thing that I, I personally really really like is body composting that's what i i was gonna suggest that because that's a lot like what it sounds like yes taking your body putting it in like a tube or like a container uh -huh. with dirt and bacteria and all the stuff that happens in nature they close the thing and about three weeks later you've returned to the earth why not just bury you without your coffin it's just a little bit more controlled. They're still testing the stuff out and they also like don't want to like take up so much land. This is kind of cured a curiosity in me of just like, we don't talk about this a lot, especially in this country. So of like, all right, well, let's just like get into it. Embrace your morbid curiosity. Yeah, and, and embrace your mortality, embrace your morbid curiosity. She also does have a lot of fun with it too. She is really, really funny and goes into like historical stuff. She answers all these questions in her books, at least. She answers all these questions about like what it's like to work in a mortuary. Um, one of her books is called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. Oh, no. And it's just like, hi, when you're burning bodies, it's just like, oh, God. Same thing as like, if you know any nurses, like nurses have to have a like a dark, dark sense of humor to get through the day. It's it's very similar to that, I imagine. You kind of have to laugh about it because if you don't, like you're gonna go crazy. Just embracing that, like we don't talk about this a lot, so we should probably talk about it. The side of me is is uh is interesting. That's why I recommend her stuff on. She has a YouTube channel that's always really fun. I'm really curious about death in general. Like I haven't had people I know die, and then I've been able to see their bodies. Right. That happened recently over the last six months or whatever. I went to a funeral of a gentleman that I knew and I felt like I wanted to do this, but it was definitely not the right place for it. But I wanted to get down, like crouch down eye level with his open casket, get real close and just painfully stare like right at his face. Yeah. Because for some reason in my mind, it goes by so fast when you walk by, it could just be that they were pretending. <laughs> Your, well, not, not that I thought he was pretending, yeah. but it, your brain takes it in that way where you're like, oh, I've seen people lay down with their eyes closed before. Yeah. And so like, I really wanted to like soak it in, make my brain realize that this is a person who has ceased living. Right. And it's it's really interesting in that way because there is a distinction. Like you always feel like, oh, it looks like they're sleeping. Mm, Going to do a hard disagree there because uh, <laughs> they're not. It's like a weird defense mechanism in your brain. I think it is too. I, th I think it's also just because mostly it's it's a very Western thing to be like, oh no, don't die. Dying is bad. <laughs> if you die, you did something wrong. Right. Well, it's just, we don't like to talk about it. That's true. Versus there are a lot of other like Eastern cultures that are fine with it. I know there's one where like the family cares for the body. So they won't like, oh, you take care of this for me. I'm hiring you to get rid of this thing and make it look nice. Like, no, we're going to take care of it. We're going to prepare it for burial. But, like we're going to do it as a family, as like our way of saying goodbye. Man, that would be intense. Right. So, it, but it's supposed to be very, very healing. I would imagine. Yeah. Because you're, you're being forced to face it, basically. 
Yeah. And it doesn't need to even need to be like, oh God, we need to do this. It's just like a, no, like we're going to talk about this person, the impact they had in our lives. We're just going to prepare them for the next stage of the journey, whatever it is. And I think, and I think that's the thing is just having different ideas of this thing that is a universal truth and just different ways to approach it. And I think it's just feeding into a, a curiosity. I will say this, and this is all I will say about it. I feel like when you have a reaction where you feel like you don't want to talk about something, mm -hmm. it's important to press yourself on that. A hundred percent. I mean, this goes for everything. That's why I'm not super upset that we're talking about death on this positivity podcast. Yeah, yeah. If you feel uncomfortable talking about death, racism, like anything, mm -hmm. look in yourself and figure out why that is because these topics should be talked about in a positive way. A hundred percent. Not, not that. <laughs> right, right. No, but, you know but, there, what I mean. but there, there is a constructive way. Right, exactly. To talk about racism and being anti-racist, yeah. um, as well as you know, dying and being death positive. Um, so th there is, there is an approach to it. No, you are uncomfortable. Well, why are you uncomfortable? Let's grow here. Let's learn. You know, when I was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> so before I die, <laughs> we played an awful lot of Halo. <laughs> Don't spit out your water there, buddy. Not, oh my God. Again, I'm trying not to drink near the mic because I'm always like <laughs> in my head, I'm like, these are hypersensitive. Like, oh no, don't drink near the mic. <laughs> I'm going to pour water through the mic into my mouth. <laughs> Everyone listening will now have to pee. Oh my God. So Halo. Halo and the Master Chief Collection. <laughs> It consists of like every major Halo game up till four and including Reach and ODST. They have all of the content and that includes all the campaigns and all the multiplayers, which is what I want to talk about. Oh, God. Not not the online multiplayer, but the custom games when you would get your mm -hmm. pals together and you would play like Juggernaut or Capture the Flag or Slayer or whatever. I loved how this game was designed because it literally lets you play game designer and it's so much fun recently the guys and i hopped on halo and we started playing and we started doing this really fun thing where we would play through a match and then i would have an idea and be like wow what if we did it like this instead and i'd go and make a few tweaks to the settings and then we play it again and sometimes we would start playing and be like this isn't working kind of hash out all right how isn't it working and how can we make it better and we go back and we tweak it and then we play it again and we ended up coming up with some really interesting game modes that it's not available you have to make it yeah and this is also back in a time when you had like message boards and faqs so you basically like crowdsource different play styles and different like custom games or i remember playing multiplayer halo and like trying to find glitches and trying <laughs> to find like all right so if i hop on your shoulders with the laser sword and i like jump and do it just right i should like exit the map and then like <laughs> trying to like game it right so you could get out i remember that it's probably my game designer coming out from when i minored in that but <laughs> i just i love it because it a it's fun you're playing this game and it's fun b the meta of it where you're sitting there and we did this one where we played infection, mm -hmm. which is like one person's a zombie. Everybody else are humans. Yes. And if a zombie kills somebody on the human team, then that person switches teams to the zombie team. The objective is to either last as the humans or to turn everybody into zombies. We did that and it was fun. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be cooler if the zombies were like crazy fast? Right. Or, or like this other thing. When you play the match the next time, 
then you can find out new ways to kind of cheat the game. Whereas like before everybody would like crowd up, now everybody's spread out. So when the zombie covers a large distance, you can pick them off. We play Juggernaut, which is like one player is super powerful and the rest of them have to kill them. And whoever kills the Juggernaut becomes the next Juggernaut. Yes, I remember this. And so I made the juggernaut speed like 300%. Oh no. Yeah. And nope. their jump, their jump height, 300%. So you just have this like mad sprinting, like master chief with a laser sword. It's like, <laughs> so the juggernaut in this one had a gravity hammer. So it had, he has to get close to you. Okay. Okay. So if you're on the ground floor, you're dead because you cannot outrun him. But if he needs to jump to get to you, he's going to fly up 300% higher. What you could do is you could hop on like a little rock where he wouldn't be able to get to you. And when he jumped to try to get to you, he'd go flying. And right. then everybody would be able to take pot shots while he was in the air. Because you can't do it because he just has a gravity hammer. Right, exactly. So it, it's, it's fairly balanced. But like that balance came from playing it and us having to figure out that part. Literally just trial and error. Yeah. Maybe I just like the joy of game designing, but I like this because it's accessible. It Like we mm. all did it as kids. We didn't even realize we were game designing. And I think we've, we've probably talked about this before, which is just acknowledging good things and like just really cool game designer just design things. Like the way Halo works, like the way Halo makes you feel. Like even like, I think there's a thing in Uncharted that like, like every other bullet will always miss you, but only by like X amount of space because they want you to feel like you just made it. I remember watching a video about that. I think what it was was like the first two seconds that the enemies shoot, they will always miss you. It gives you a warning before they actually start hitting you. Right, but it's just that one of the things I would never have noticed that. I never would have thought about it. Mm -hmm. And like, oh no, that's actually really, really cool. That's a nice thing. Part of it is nostalgia, but I think a majority of it is these games are really 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 good they are i have a very very distinct memory of going to the toys r us near my parents house and picking up a steelbook copy of halo 2 Ooh, damn with the like collector's edition and my mom being like now are you sure you can play it like are you are you a big boy there's blood right me being like 12 <laughs> i could do it right exactly and it's totally fine and i just didn't i i stopped when we got to the flood i stopped playing yeah the, the flood were scary yeah so it's like and that's the game that's the end of the game and this was a nice experience were you talking about one or two both the flood in one like terrified me right because it's such a change it's such yeah. a shift and that like a uh, violin in the background there's like this screeching violin that's super high pitched and like whiny and it just puts you completely off balance. Yeah, it's it's a complete tonal shift. It's a new enemy uh, that is genuinely really, really scary. Enemy design. Yeah, no, the flood. And when you're fighting them, where all of the other enemies you face so far, it's been like a firefight. Yeah. The flood just literally flood over you. Like all the little right. guys, the big guys are jumping in to do like melee attacks. It feels like you're always running and you can never like be safe. You're always kind of like, I need space. Yeah, exactly. But those games are really, really good. I'm not even a shooter guy. Like, I don't play a lot of shooter games. Yeah, same. I don't feel like it's a first-person shooter. I think as, like, a kid, I just never got that vibe from it. No. It never felt like Call of Duty. It never felt like a lot of other shooters I had played at the time. It just felt totally different. So I did want to talk about something else, but Alan told me not to. Oh, because oh, but I told you not to like two days ago. Right, and so I'm not going to. But like you had time to think about a new thing. And I did. It's just <laughs> it's just adjacent. 
to it. Oh, okay. Which is, I love the sensation of recommending new things of just like, I watched a thing or I listened to an album or read a book and I'm like, everyone needs to read this now. Or like, everyone <laughs> needs to do this now, please. For example, I was talking to Jenny and I sent her an album. I like, oh, you would really like this. And she was like, oh, no, I do like this. This is really like, this is good. I love that sensation of like, hi, I was consuming this content and I thought of you. And vice versa too, what I get recommendations and people like, hi, I was thinking of you. You should really listen to this or watch this or whatever. I'm like, I will. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. I appreciate those as well when I get them. For me, the real feeling of euphoria comes when they're right. When I watch that thing and I'm like, oh shoot, they did know me. This is awesome. Yeah. It's not just like a blanket recommendation. Like I think everyone should watch it. I'm like saying, Alan, I need you to watch this. Like I need you to do this is like (laughs) a very different experience than like, hey, you should check out this thing. It's like a general recommendation. A couple episodes ago, you're saying not just being needed, but like, Alan, I need you, like your skill set. It fires that same response. Yeah, I would agree with that. The things I love to recommend to you are the things that we sync up on. (laughs) If we're ever watching a trailer and we're both like, oh, I want to watch that. Yeah, I want to watch that. Yeah, that's going to me up oh yeah (laughs) like you and i both very much enjoy having our minds hurt by the things we watch Mm -hmm. oh no i 100 love when stuff just snaps me in half (laughs) um the show i was watching search party oh okay i I finished all the seasons this is an update right so i follow up when i last mentioned i was like season two and a half Mm -hmm. like i was halfway through season two i have now since finished the rest of two three and four and i'm anxious about it. Oh my god, my ears. <laughs> You're anxious about it? It was not I, like a clean resolve? Uh, no, not at all. Oh god. Uh, there is a season five, so we'll see how that goes. But I'm just like, you know that meme of the guy going, yo bro, I'm sure I'm not having a good time? It's very much that. <laughs> It's very much like, I hate this experience, but I need more. I don't feel good, but I'm like, this is amazing. It really does kind of just shapeshift a whole bunch of different times. That's the best way I've I've described it to people is that it's a shapeshifter. A couple of my friends, Jonathan and Bridget, who I've turned on to, and they'll message me saying like, what just happened? And I'm like, yeah, just wait till this. And like, (gasps) (laughs) when they get to that point, I'm like, oh, well, now it's changed completely. Now it's a different thing. You and I have that similar thing of just like, we want stuff that kind of like breaks me. Yeah, there will be a time when you're like telling me about a show and you mention something and I'm like, oh man, that's gonna f*** me up. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the th- like the thing I can't talk about that I recommended to you and Jenny. We're watching it Friday, so okay. it's gonna be a fun weekend. And, and, I, and I'm sure we'll talk about it next time. Hell, next week may be five degrees of celebration because we just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Unless you hate it, then in that case, f*** me. <laughs> next week might be one degree of celebration where we only talk about that because we're too broken. No, but like, did you see? Yeah. Another example of that is when people recommend video games to me. I find so much value in it if they've never recommended stuff to me before my brother-in-law recommended a game to me and i thought that was like super groundbreaking because him and i are close but i don't think we've ever hung out just the two of us really yeah isn't that weird that's weird i'm like waiting for the time when we can because <laughs> he's super cool i like hanging out with him but he messaged me like through text this is kind of weird i don't think we've ever just texted each other <laughs> 
he was like, hey, I, pl- I played this game. I think you would really like it. I thought of you when I played it. Oh, all right. And then I played it. I was like, this is so me. <laughs> all right, cool. And plus with the video game too, because that's not just like a, hi, I need you to watch this hour and a half thing or I need you to do this. That, that's an investment. Yeah, I need you to shell out $25 and then put some hours in. Exactly. So that's not like a light recommendation. The game we, he suggested was Bug Snatch. Hey, do you have a second? Uh, yeah, what's up? I'm editing the podcast, and I just realized I said bug snatch instead of bug snacks. Okay. And bug snatch sounds like some kind of weird... Sex thing? Yeah, like a sex thing. Okay. All right, I just wanted to point that out to you. (laughs) All right, have a great day. (laughs) What? Bye. (laughs) I just want you to know... I think I said a weird sex thing. I think I invented a weird sex thing. I just want you to know. Alright. Alright, bye. Now that your world now you, that your world is completely unchanged about your business. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean you could you could put in like I think it'd be funny if you put in like an editor's note, like hi <laughs> Alan Alan post prod here. Um I want to apologize for misspeaking and to the to the fine people who made this in the studio name, who made Bug Snacks, I apologize for dragging your wholesome game through the mud. <laughs> yeah, I'll think about doing something like that. Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye. Or bye. I've heard of this. It's, it's really good. You can finish it in just like five hours. You can platinum it in probably like six hours. <laughs> It's quirky, it's funny, the characters are really well written, and it's a little scary, just kind of fun. Did you ever play Psychonauts? Yeah. From what I've seen, that gave me major Psychonauts vibes. Really unique, really quirky, but like, this is dark. Like, this is really dark, guys. It doesn't get as dark as Psychonauts, but it's definitely that same vibe of, oh, this is kind of a unique style and gameplay, but there are some like adult themes in here. <laughs> okay, interesting. I did just see a meme. Uh, I, I, it was a video of the Milkman from Psychonauts. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Just saying. I am the Milkman. My milk is delicious. And he like floats up to the sky. Like that was terrifying. That level was the like a mind screw. That was so weird. I miss that game. They coming out with a second one. But I've heard that for years, and I'm like, are you doing it? <laughs> Apparently they are. And do I need to get an Xbox to play it? Because if so, I'm gonna be really upset. Or I'll just get a PC and join the PC Master Race. Okay. <laughs> When people say PC Master Race, I'm like, that's stupid. Yeah, I have a PC and I play on it and it's better than playing on a console. I have to like plug my controller into my computer and sometimes it gets disconnected and the button prompts don't match the buttons on my controller. I don't feel like a Master Race. (laughs) I don't feel like superior (laughs) to this. I remember when I used to play Overwatch a lot, you know, because this is what we did is uh, I would share like if I ever got play of the game, you know, my Zenyatta plays. I would like post on Facebook or whatever else. And without doubt, there's always like a handful of people that would just like, oh, gameplay on console is so much slower than it is on PC. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, bud. I got a five kill streak as a healer, as the spongiest healer they're ever healed. So give me a break. Zenya is not the spongiest healer. Oh, wait, when you say spongy, you mean he can take damage? He just, you breathe in his general direction and he dies. That's a different thing, Matt. You just said two what? different things. He doesn't take a lot of damage then he's glass he's okay (laughs) 
if he was a sponge, he'd be able to soak up all the damage. Like so, like Roadhog is a like Roadhog is a sponge. Diva's a sponge. Okay, Zenyatta's glass then. Yeah, in that case. Cut that. <laughs> I'm not gonna cut it out. You're gonna get exposed. Ronnie, cut that out. Um, <laughs> Ronnie, don't do it. Ronnie's over there, like I don't know what to do. Ronnie, Ronnie's in his like BU dorm room, just like um. You guys said I'd do this for exposure, <laughs> but you haven't mentioned me till the eighth episode. <laughs> Sorry, Ronnie. I'm not Ronnie. You get good. But, so he's glass, and just like I just remember be being told like oh well it's so much slower i'm like i'm proud of this okay let me have my moment i took down a damn reaper when it was like six inches away from me i should be dead <laughs> i could have died <laughs> what was that monsters incorporated I could, that's one of those examples of things you just like randomly pull out and quote. Yeah. That's one of them. Yeah. No, I'm doesn't. That's another one for me. What's that from? Futurama. Oh, no, I'm doesn't. No, I'm doesn't. And you're like, that's really stupid. I kind of <laughs> love it. But yeah, so I think just recommending things can be a relationship builder, can introduce you to some new stuff you might not have known about. And it's just overall good. So recommend some good stuff to people. Yeah. Like if you've got a podcast that you're super enjoying recommend that to somebody yeah let someone know tell them about the pod that you listen to and like we just said it's way more effective when it's not a broad recommendation but a very specific and intimate personal recommendation between one person and another exactly yeah i think that's all we have for the week it really is this week has flown by hey ladies and gentlemen but mostly ladies happy women's history month happy women's history month ladies mm -hmm. and lady identifying people i hope you continue to make history and continue Continue to make really, really good choices. Yeah, but don't step up to me in Halo or you're going to become history. I'd like to thank Lakey Inspired for the, the process. We support all women, unless you want to meet in the gulch. Unless you're going to 1v1 me. 1v1 me in the gulch, warthogs. We're going like... Where can you find this shit, Matt? You can find this trash fire on, <laughs> on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, on Anchor, on all sorts of podcast locations. Don't even ask about the forbidden fruit. We don't talk about them here. Adam never ate them. And we ain't about to put them on it. I'll cut that out. Didn't make any sense. <laughs> Alan, thank you very much for potting with me this week. Hey, take that pod, put it together. What do you get? <laughs> Bippity boppity, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you had a song and then just like gave up. <laughs> yeah. uh, Matt, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me again. Hey, anytime. I, I love you, man. I love you too. Two best friends hopping a pod. <laughs> this is the new theme song. Play us, play us out. Please, God, please. <laughs> Make it end. Oh, no, um. I've been knocking on this window for like 45 minutes, bro. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, are you gonna are you gonna take it or no? Because I got I got people ready to sign papers, unless you want it. You know what? Put it on my bill. What? Because I'm a duck. I've been a duck this whole time. I just noticed you were a duck. Oh my God, I'm so sorry, sir. Right. Do you want me to use your, your duck cash? Or would you like to use Before me? we do that, how about you hop in? Let me play you this episode of this great podcast that I just found out about. Wait, you open the envelope? Shh, get in the car. Oh, 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 this is nice. It is nice, right? Oh, wow. And call her Sheila. Mm -hmm. Sheila? Take us away. Two best friends 
riding this car. One is a duck. <laughs> so what are you doing after this? Shh. Let it happen. <laughs> <laughs>